BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. I'm Frank Figluzzi, former FBI Assistant Director for Counterintelligence. Join me on a journey to explore our nation's security, the forces that threaten it, and the people who preserve it. Let's talk with insiders in and around the intelligence community, law enforcement, and the military, including, of course, the FBI. They'll take us deep into their stories, their mission and their lives as we go behind and beyond the Bureau. Hey folks, thanks for listening in. Uh, We're going to do something uh, off schedule today. As they say on old uh, TV news, we're interrupting regularly scheduled programming to bring you this special report. It's not really that special, nor is it a report, but it, it, it is my thoughts on Some news last week about the possibility of offering Jeffrey Clark, former DOJ official, uh, immunity uh, or what's something called use immunity. And I want to I want to just share my thoughts uh, with you on why that's a really bad idea. So we're going to just cover quickly who Jeffrey Clark is as a reminder Um, and a few reasons why I think uh, the committee should not be considering immunity. And then maybe on a brighter spot, maybe one reason why might, maybe immunity might be a good idea. But let's, uh, let me run through this here as, as best I can, recalling often not only my experience in the FBI with immunity issues, but also some uh, law school criminal procedure discussions. So uh, let's, let's, let's hit it. Okay, where's this coming from? Last week, Zoe Lofgren, a a great Congress uh, member from California, by the way, who serves on the Select Committee, was on CNN. I think she was talking to their anchor, uh, Aaron Burnett. And almost kind of like a stream of consciousness thing or just a random thinking out loud, she said that um, one of the things they're going to do with Jeffrey Clark or should consider, I think, was her language. I want to get it right. Okay, here's the quote. One of the options the committee needs to look at, unquote, um, and she's in the context of offering Clark something, and, she's, and then she uses the phrase use immunity. All right, let's, let's first, before we get into what use immunity is, let's first uh, do a little refresher on Jeffrey Clark. 
I consider Jeffrey Clark to be uh, a big fish in what's become an ocean of uh, what 300 or more people who've, who've spoken to the committee and or refused to speak to the committee. And when I say refused, Jeffrey Clark recently invoked his Fifth Amendment right against self-incrimination uh, reportedly at least 100 times to the committee. So he's not, he's not talking. Who is he? Okay. He was the acting head of DOJ's civil division. And don't confuse that with civil rights division. The civil division handles literally civil suits against the government and, and uh, non-criminal matters. And he was there during, of course, former President Trump's uh, tenure and particularly the waning weeks of Trump being in office. And, and uh, I'm focused like a laser on particularly the time where he's serving under acting Attorney General Jeffrey Rosen. So we've got, we've got kind of two Jeffreys here, and, and that becomes important, not so much that their names are Jeffrey, but rather that one Jeffrey is going around the back and doing an end around on his boss, the other Jeffrey. What's Clark doing? Well, according to some great pieces, including one in the New York Times, Clark, quote, had devised a plan with President Donald J. Trump to oust Jeffrey Rosen, there's the other Jeffrey, as acting attorney general. I mean, think about that. You're thinking, how, how am I, I'm going to work with the president to get rid of my boss and replace him as acting attorney general and wield the department's power to force Georgia state lawmakers to overturn its presidential election results. So this is about far more than just scheming to replace your boss. Uh, in discussions with your boss's boss, but scheming on a much grander scale to overturn a valid election. Um, And, you know, the the New York Times uh, talked to a lot of Jeffrey Clark's colleagues, and they were like, this guy was, you know, kind of Casper milk toast, unassuming is the word they used. They were shocked to hear that this guy had been scheming all kinds of things on overturning the election. Um, not just regarding the Georgia state lawmakers, but writ large. And um, they got themselves, his colleagues at the time, got themselves on a conference call. And these are high-level leaders at DOJ, and they discussed what they would do if indeed uh, Trump named this guy Clark as the attorney general of the United States, knowing, of course, that Clark's trying to overturn an election. And unanimously, according to the New York Times, the colleagues at the time said, we're out of here if that happens. We, we will have a mass resignation. Um, so this is the serious level we're talking about um, in terms of the intrigue uh, and Machiavellian scheming going on. Um, now, what are some of the details of what Clark did? He actually sketched out a map to guide members, Republican members of Congress, as part of the plan on how to overturn the election. You can, and, and the details again are, you can look it up in the New York Times. Now, thankfully, for whatever reason, Trump eventually said, uh, yeah, I'm probably not going to name Clark as acting attorney general. And it was, you know, Famously for Trump, it, it wasn't because, you know, Trump was trying to do the right thing and he was worried about mass resignations, but he was worried that all the brouhaha that would come out uh, uh, follow doing this 
would distract from Trump trying to lie about the election fraud. So he's, you know, all about me. Um, so not doing this. And I think we're the, all the better for it, quite honestly. But I wanted to give you an idea of how big a fish Clark is. He's in, literally, he's a guy in the room with Trump having meetings, scheming, sketching a plan out to overturn the election, right? He's, he seems to be the impetus behind, uh, or maybe one of, one of the drivers behind uh, uh, Trump's infamous call to, to Georgia, trying to find the votes. You know, just one more vote, please, than the, than the amount that we have. So in my book, Clark is a candidate for criminal prosecution, not for immunity. Um, and we'll talk about what use immunity means uh, in a second. But you say, well, what, what, what laws could Clark have violated? And, you know, it's all, all that scheming sounds awful, but how is that criminal? Look, um, pick, your, pick your charges here. Federally, we're talking the po- about the possibility of violating federal election laws, uh, people's right to free and fair voting and to have their vote counted. We're, we're talking, you know, all the way up to potential seditious conspiracy. There's potential for a Hatch Act violation where you can't, you can't get a, in your government, official government role, you're not allowed to engage in pressuring or impacting a, a political election, particularly a presidential election. There's rules and laws on that, right? on point with regard to presidential elections. So pick any number of, of charges. Uh, now, what is use immunity? Quote, use immunity, unquote. Here's the deal. It allows prosecutors, theoretically, allows prosecutors to still charge a defendant as long as they don't use anything they learned from the immunized defendant's testimony. Okay, so on paper, you know, in a law school classroom, that sounds really good, but it, it fails miserably frequently and lately in, in a real-life courtroom. Here, here's what has to happen. So imagine, you know, you're a prosecutor. You tell this in, individual, don't worry um, about incriminating yourself. We want you to talk to us. And we promise that even if we someday prosecute you for what you've done, we won't do it based on anything you've told us. That's really hard. And, and the courts, you know, it's like it's the legal equivalent of trying to have your cake and eat it too. And, and the, the courts really don't swallow that. And defense attorneys, of course, flip out with that. And un- understandably so. Why? Well, think about it. How, how can you prove? Because you then, here's, here's the important part. If you're going to someday prosecute this individual, You've got to have what's called a castigar hearing. It's named after a famous case um, where you have to sit there with a defense attorney and the judge, and you have to prove by a preponderance of the evidence that absolutely nothing you've developed in terms of evidence on this person came from or was tainted by what that person told you when you promised him use immunity. You're not going to use anything he has told you, he or she has told you, right? Well, Really hard um, because look, if you say, "Well, I we went out and developed uh, an independent informant. We went out and developed a, a wiretap uh, court ordered. We we found other people who told us this thing." Now you now start getting in the weeds on that, right? Uh, why did you develop this informant? Well, 
because we, you know, were tipped off that this defendant was doing some bad things. Really, did you, and, and you can prove that you didn't go develop this informant because the def, of the information the defendant shared with you? Isn't this informant a coworker of the defendant? Did he talk about this coworker? Uh, it's, it's, it's really hard. It's fruit of the poisonous tree. So what have the courts said about it? Well, you might remember the infamous Iran-Contra scandal, arms for hostages, and a guy by the name of Lieutenant Colonel Oliver North, who worked for, uh, in the Reagan administration, worked in the Reagan White House. He was intimately involved in the Iran-Contra arms for hostages scandal. And so what did Congress do? They offered him use immunity. Don't worry about incriminating yourself, Lieutenant Colonel North. We would never prosecute you using uh, stuff you've told us. We'd have to go out and find it ourselves. So he provides them information. He later gets charged and convicted uh, criminally. And this goes all the way to the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals. That's important. Why? Because all of this special select committee stuff right now, where is that going to go? That's in, it's going to go to the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals so if, if DOJ charges anybody, right? Well, D.C. Circuit Court judge says, uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not buying this deal where you guys say you prosecuted solely on independent information. And in fact, he tossed it. And the prosecutor, guy by the name Special Prosecutor Lawrence Walsh, he conceded to the judge, look, I, I can't really prove that North is, North's convictions were, were not influenced by his immunized testimony to us. And, and, and Walsh, the special prosecutor, he, he then proceeds to blame Congress for this mess. So really, really uh, bad stuff. Let's fast forward. Another D.C. Circuit Court case, Circuit Court of Appeals, and this now, you might have heard of the infamous private security firm Blackwater. Well, some Blackwater guys were charged. Um, D.C. Circuit Court judge dismisses the charges once again because prosecutors couldn't establish that their evidence wasn't tainted by testimony while they talked under immunity. And here's some, something the judge said. It says that the government cannot use immunized testimony itself or any evidence that was tainted, substantively derived, shaped, altered, or affected by exposure to the immunized testimony. Nor can the government use it to develop investig investigatory leads. Think about that. You can't, even, you, can't, you can't really go left or right or forward or backwards uh, based on anything, you know, remotely connected to that immunized defendant's testimony. So out, out it goes, out it goes. So I don't like it. And, and the, the fact that Zolofgren publicly started pondering this al aloud concerns me because it also raises questions about the degree to which the committee is coordinating or not with DOJ, if they're going to make decisions that impact uh, the potential to prosecute people, particularly high-level people like Clark, they've got to be coordinating this 
with DOJ, right? And so the scenarios here are not good. Think about this. Either the committee and DOJ have coordinated possible use immunity for Clark, or they haven't. If So let's, let's look at this. If DOJ has blessed them on the concept of potential offering immunity to potentially offering immunity to Clark, that, that's a sign that they don't really intend to hold Clark criminally accountable at DOJ. Uh, I don't like that. If, if, and if DOJ actually you know, consulted with the committee, vice versa, and DOJ said no to the committee, no, 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 we, we would like you not to consider immunity for Clark, well, then it appears the committee is ignoring the prosecutors, if that, if that even happened. Um, and then, you know, kind of worst case, if the committee hasn't even consulted with DOJ about immunity issues, well, things are worse than we even realize if that's happening. And we have a, a committee member pondering these things out loud that are going to impact prosecution. There is now, I know, I know you guys are smart out there and I know you're thinking, wait, wait, there's a, there is a bright possibility here in this rather gloomy forecast. And that's the possibility that the committee and DOJ have talked about Clark and immunity, and they're somehow convinced that Clark holds the key to implicating Trump. Well, they've got to, if that's true, they, they've got to believe that not only Clark's got really damning evidence that, that will criminally implicate Trump, they've got to believe Clark is going to provide that evidence. That's a big if, right? It's a long shot. That, that I wouldn't take, I don't think it's worth the risk of effectively jeopardizing holding Clark criminally accountable. Um, and, and quite frankly, here's the, here's the closer for me. If Clark really does hold that key to implicating Trump criminally on something, he's much more likely to use it if he's staring a criminal indictment in the face and not enjoying immunity. That's a much safer bet for me, and the payoff would be worth it. That's my thought on this special edition of The Bureau with Frank Figaluzzi. Join us next time for a deep dive personal discussion with Rachel Vindman. Well, let's get back next week. The Bureau is written by Frank Fagluzzi and executive produced by Allison Gill with sound design and editing by Molly Hockey with podcast art design by Johanna Coxeter. Music for The Bureau is written and composed by Peter Rydberg. The Bureau is a proud member of MSW Media Network, a collection of independent creator-owned podcasts focused on news, politics, and justice. For more information, visit mswmedia.com. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.